Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley radio show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Welcome to the Del Wamsley radio show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to go into uh, quite a bit of detail about how the market is changing right now for multifamily investing. <coughs> Excuse me. The, um, the market is and has been under pressure for the last six, eight months. And I told you eight months ago, I thought the market was going to crash. And then two months ago, I told you maybe I was wrong because they had done so many things to try to stop it from crashing that it pretty much held together through a heavy, heavy decline. But I went out last week. I've been looking seriously, you know, for some stuff to buy myself. And I've been looking at a lot of stuff. And being out there on the street, I'm starting to see it. The stuff I told you eight months ago would happen is starting to happen. And today I'm going to go into detail about that. But before I do, Lifestyles lost a great friend this last week, Mr. Ira Gross. And Ira, you know, was an amazing man, to say the least. There are many, many incredible people at Lifestyles. I just could go on and on. Ira was one that was stuck out, a step above. And that was because he had so many different endearing qualities that it's just almost impossible to speak. I've waited a week just to gather my thoughts before I spoke about this gentleman because it's there's so much to talk about. When I first met him, he was a nice guy. He was had a giant personality. You know, he's always smiling. He'd light up the room every time he comes in. He was just a great guy. But as you get to know the guy, 
as he started buying apartment complexes and running, you see that he was one of the hardest workers, smartest businessmen uh, that we had in our group. He was just incredible. And his success just kept growing and growing and growing. The interesting part about it was is that as this hardworking, you know, nose-to-the-grindstone kind of guy, you really couldn't from the outside get to know the guy until you got to know him from the inside. And I was lucky enough to have had enough encounters with him to have a pretty good idea of the makeup of this gentleman because this is one of those guys, you know, and I used to say this all the time to people, we all think that everybody's got flaws, right? That somewhere on the other side, they're, they're just as flawed as we are, as flawed as Uncle Jim, as, you know, Uncle Bob, there's something, you know, the guy in the closet. This guy didn't have those flaws. I mean, you see, he was just a phenomenal businessman. He had owned a business previous to coming to Lifestyles, been very successful with it, but just decided that working, I think he was saying he's working like 12 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week on his business. He had to get out. And he had to get out for this reason. He had to get out to be with his family. And it's interesting, as, you, uh, as we got to meet this guy, um, it was interesting that he got up and did a case study about his business. And unlike most people who come up with all their, their facts and their details and their pictures and their spreadsheets, he got up there with his kids. He told the story that was so compelling about him quitting his other business, selling it, so he could come do something where he could get up and take his kids to school in the morning, fix them breakfast, take them to school, be on their Boy Scout troop be on their baseball teams, you know, coaches, whatever he did. And there he was standing. I mean, this was a mountain of a man, by the way. He probably weighed 250, 275, 300. I don't know. He's a big guy. And there he was with these two little kids crying on stage. At that point, I realized the depth of this man. At another time, I was with him at a bar, and we're talking, and he was telling everybody the story of how he met his wife. When he told this story, his eyes lit up so bright, and his smile was so big, and he was so proud of this itty-bitty little wife he has, cute little petite girl. And I go, man, how did he ever get that beautiful wife like that? And then you see it. He was massively in love with her. He said he chased her and chased her and chased her till he got her there. The determination, determination of an individual like that to get the woman of his dreams, to create the family of his dreams, and to live the life of his dreams. Even when he was financially successful, he wouldn't stop there. He wanted to become financially successful with the time to spend with his family. Yeah, not only that, Last but not least, he's one of the most honest men I've ever met. Honest almost to the fault in it when I was in a situation where somebody, one of his best friends, was trying to steal my business. He stepped away from his best friend to stand by my side and let the world know what was going on. I will never, ever, ever not remember that. This is just, it was perfect. It was the integrity of a man that I could not even believe that he would do that, but he did. He stepped away from his best friend to what? To protect the truth and the light that helped him and everybody else get where they are. My friends, this is a great man. He's going to be missed by many, many people, none of which 
far less than the people at Lifestyles Unlimited and his family. Ivor Gross, may you rest in peace. Having said that, let's talk about where the economy's at now. We're in a situation where the world has pressure. And to start the discussion, but do you think the world's over? Now, the world is in going in a direction. Let's hope that the direction is going to be like a pendulum. You know how things on a pendulum, how they go from one side to the other, and they go wildly up one side, then they go wildly up the other side, and eventually the pendulum swings back and forth, and when it runs out of energy, it sort of hits homeostasis in the center there. Well, we are in one of those weird situations now in life where things are moving in both directions. First of all, the, the Trump economy, if you want to call it that, it's just booming. It was the best economy I've ever seen in my 63 years of life. Uh, everything and everybody, I mean, at every level was booming, even though the Democrats don't want to admit that. I mean, the, the lowest unemployment for blacks, for browns, for, for women, all the minorities. We're talking about minority-owned businesses having more of them than there ever was before. Anything and everything you could put on there is a trigger, gross domestic product, stock market, whatever you want. The prices of real estate skyrocketed. Everything was going up until the pandemic. Now, I'm not going to get into who, what, why, when, or where on the pandemic. That's irrelevant to me. I think both sides are wrong. I think it's a disease. <laughs> I don't think anybody had any idea what to do with it. And so now we're stuck with it, right? Now they're still guessing. It's still a guessing game as to what works, what doesn't work, what won't work. And because it is a guessing game, the only end-run solution for this whole thing is going to be some type of vaccine, which now they're talking about might happen by the end of the year. But by the end of the year, who knows who we'll have for a president. And so what happens now is we've got four months, maybe five, in which the world, this country at least, is in limbo. And we don't really know where it's going. But what has happened over the last eight months, months, sorry, is predictable. And I say predictable because you say, well, it's hindsight. It's not predictable. It's known. Well, it may be known, but what comes out of it may be predictable. What do I mean by that? Well, I told you eight months ago there was going to be deals on the market that were going to be priced right. They're going to be incredible. And the last two, three weeks, I've been out looking at deals, and prices are coming down. <coughs> Excuse me. Not, not going up. They're coming down. You see people starting to want to get out of stuff simply because of the unknown. They don't know where they're going to go. And so I'm going to explain to you two things today in this show. Let's see how much time i got. i got enough time to... Two things we're going to cover in the next segments. One thing we're going to cover is what has happened. Second thing we're going to cover is what does that mean to the marketplace in the near future? We're going to discuss both of those in intimate detail. You're not going to want to miss this. And if you've got to go to work, you're going to want to pick up the podcast. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Austin's Talk, 1370. 
Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, I'm going to discuss the ins and outs of the situation, whereas a marketplace gets destroyed by three different factors all at the same time. And what I want you to understand is, and this is a very difficult part for you to understand, because I've gone through this before. I went through it before back in 2008. Um, you would think that if everything in the marketplace is going against the people that own the businesses, that it's a bad thing to be in that business, because that business is getting slaughtered right now. And the reality is, is that it is for small mom and pops. It is for somebody who can't withstand the pain of things not being perfect. It is for somebody that doesn't know how to operate effectively. So there are these people that are in a position that they cannot withstand any type of a problem at all. So let's start with the obvious one. We got COVID. So what is COVID doing to us right now? Well, obviously, a good portion of America is out of business, in fact, or out of work, I'm sorry. Whatever the number was, and I saw something on TV today, and I'm just going to make up a number. Let's say there was, you know, 10 million people lost their jobs. Well, only 4 or 5 million have gotten them back again. It's only about half of what they lost. And I don't think that's the exact number, but I'm just close to idea there. So you got all these people lost their jobs. Well, how do they pay for their rent? Well, many people have savings. I know you don't believe that. But many people do. So it then becomes, well, who is your clientele? And now you, you, you look down at this and you say, okay, I'm, if I screened my clientele perfectly, then most of my tenants have good jobs, and those good jobs would not be lost. And this is an over-exaggeration to some of you, but would not be lost. Let me give you an example. Almost, uh, well, not almost, I'm making up stuff again. It's a terrible thing about being a, a radio host or a, a speaker. It's your tendency to want to make up stuff. That's what the Republicans and Democrats do. They just make up stuff. Tell you whatever lie they want to tell you. But some portion of the people out there still have jobs. My company has not laid off one person. We have probably around 100 employees all over the country. and um, But we haven't opened our office <laughs> since, I think, February, January, February, something like that. So you say, well, how can that be, Dale? How can these people be working? You know, you pick up a phone just as easily from your house as you pick it up from the office. In fact, people, you know, they get their work done, and they go on and do what they want to do, and they get it done faster. If they need to work overtime, they work overtime. It's just not going to stop most businesses from running. The businesses that are what you call essential businesses, they're still out there. I mean, I don't, I go to Kroger's, I go to H-E-B, I go to all these different grocery stores. They're just packed with people. Everybody out there is still eating. I go to fast food places. The fast food places are crammed. I even go to restaurants here. And remember, I live in Houston, Texas, so wherever you're at, it may be different. But in Houston, there's restaurants open everywhere. It's only the small business people that are getting wiped out and or the businesses that have um, that are not essential, right? I went last night to a restaurant, and we were the only people in the restaurant. But while we were there, there was four takeout orders. So businesses are surviving. So we have tenants. 
we have tendency right now, I think around 92, 94% fluctuates a little bit each day. The places I'm looking at as I drive around have occupancies anywhere from 90 to 94% everywhere we go. There are people living in these units. Now, when you go below the surface, some of the tenants aren't paying. And since there's been a moratorium on eviction, some of them have worked out payment plans or are paying what they can afford. Others are going to government agencies for bailouts for, you know, for rental assistance. Others are going to churches for rental assistance. And some people are borrowing money, right? But lo and behold, when it first hit, everybody had some money. Now that you're going farther down the lane, down the road here a little bit, a lot of that saved money has gone away. But half the employment has come back or so. So where is it at? Well, what's happened is, is that people now are in a situation of they live and die by their screening techniques. Let's go over my screening techniques because of what just happened yesterday, and I'll tell you about that in a second here. But, you know, the screening technique is where you decide what you'll let people come in, how many bad marks on their credit, how many, you know, bad marks on their rental history, if any, will you accept? And when you run a background check on a person, you make a decision. You, you start draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this isn't a prejudice thing. This isn't a color thing. This isn't age, race, sex, any of the, you know, things you can't discriminate against. This is a line in the sand on your credibility as a tenant. Have you had good tendencies? Have, you know, do you have previous history tendency? Do you have good credit? And do you have a job? A good job that pays three times or better what you, you know, some people require four, some people require two. Depends on what you've got. So you, you're screening these people. Now you're living with that screening. Because if you were letting in everybody just thinking, ah, if I can't, they don't pay, I'll just evict them and I'll go get somebody else. If you're living by that sword, you are now falling on that sword. And you're getting impaled by that sword. Because you got a lot of people not paying. You may be full, but you've got a lot of people not paying or on payment plans and so forth. Now, at Lifestyles, because we live by the motto, best product, best price, the majority of our investors are doing fine. In fact, many are doing very well, better than they ever dreamed. In fact, I got a guy that's refinancing his property because he's just making too much money. <laughs> I mean, it's just some stuff that's crazy. There's you know, some really good operations, and then there's some really poor ones. And I think we have maybe in, you know, we got 50,000 clients, and I think we have two or three that go to the back of the book. Like I always say, right in the back of your book, I will not do what Dell says to do. They will not run their properties correctly. They will not operate the correct way, and they're having problems. Now, as we get into this a little bit further, you're going to find that those problems could have been glossed over with full occupancy and everybody paying. But now they're acerbated because there's two other problems that are coming into play. Lastly, but not leastly, the CDC yesterday just passed a bill saying that the, there is a moratorium on evictions all the way till December 31st, 2020. So what does that mean? That means people that don't know how to operate, who were just waiting for this to get over so they could start evicting those people not paying in, could last a month or two or three. They got another four or five months of putting up with 
those people being there because you can't evict for non-payment anymore. There's other reasons you can evict, but not for non-payment. So my friends, we're at the beginning, at the middle. We're at the middle of a destructive period in our time, but we're at the beginning of people realizing it's not gonna go away. And that, my friends, when we come back to the break, is gonna change some minds. We'll take a short break, be back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing, uh, wow, let's give it a name. Let's call it the perfect storm when three things all go wrong at the same time. First one we brought up is COVID, obviously. That's the one that's obvious. It's out there. Now you got the CDC telling everybody that you can't evict for non-payment all the way to the end of the year, till December 31st, 2020. So the problem with not being able to evict is the longer it goes, the more people think it's their right to take advantage of it. The longer it goes, the more people are affected by running out of savings and trying to be good custodials of their money. And it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. So now what's going to happen, you have to think about this, is that as your income goes down, because, I mean, we've been running, you've got to, it's hard for you to believe, we're running anywhere from 90 to 98% occupied in, in the multifamily business. So you're, you know, everybody's always afraid, what if it, everything goes vacant? And nothing has gone vacant like that since about 2008. Well, guess what? If everything goes vacant again, what is the thing that takes you down? It's your mortgage. That's it. Your mortgage is going to take you down. You can't pay it. They're going to foreclose on you. Now, they've let Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac borrowers uh, get out of being foreclosed on, taking moratorium on payments. And I don't know how much more of that will happen. I'm assuming it's going to continue to happen. If they're going to keep saying you don't have to pay, the tenants don't have to pay, they have to keep saying mortgages don't get paid either. But that's really what's going to take people down is the mortgage. And so a lot of people are in situations now where uh, as the income goes down in flat lines, they're going to be at one of two positions, either break-even, and what happens at break-even operations of a multifamily property is they stop fixing things. They can't afford to do any new projects, they can't replace anything that gets old, and they just start using duct tape and, you know, wire and <laughs> super glue to hold things together instead of putting new stuff in and fixing things. The other side of that is you can have negative cash flow. And an apartment complex, when it has negative cash flow, it almost always does the same thing. They have no money. They can't even pay the bills they have. So what happens at no money? At no money means you can't pay your vendors. When you can't pay your vendors, then things don't get fixed. So, for example, you can't get any units painted anymore because you haven't paid your painters. You can't get any carpet put in because you haven't paid your carpet vendor, your floor cleaning vendors. Uh, I was at a place the other day, and, and <laughs> this is a Class A, almost brand-new property, and the elevators don't work. And they're saying, oh, yeah, we've got, we've got some work on the elevator. I, I know it's a lie. The elevator's probably been out for weeks or months, and they can't get the elevator company to come work on it. Elevators are expensive, but they just don't have the money to fix it. 
because the place is going broke. Now, I'll tell you why in a second. Uh, but I know that one is going broke. So you're sitting there, and you can't fix, you can't replace things. So what do you think the place looks like? It's, you know, landscape crew, maybe you don't pay them, or you don't have any extra projects done. And pretty soon the place starts to look terrible, right? Now you can't lease, or it becomes more difficult to lease. Now you run into the problem that you start leasing to bad people now, and they just won't pay. They'll move in day one, stop paying you. So in the past, if you got into that bad situation, you could change clientele, you could change your criteria, your screening criteria, and start letting a lesser quality clientele in to fill it up because the place is not as nice as it used to be. And because it's not as nice as it used to be, you're going to have to let lesser quality people in because the people who lived there when it was nice don't want to live there anymore. So now people start to skip out on you because they can tell when a place is going down the tubes. And you can just, it's like a funnel. You ever flush a toilet and watch it go down? It's gone. That's what happens to this business. It's out. Now, let's acerbate that problem by adding on challenge number two, right? Challenge number two is, is that the state here in Texas has property taxes, other states have income taxes. California right now just put out an article. I read it just the other day. Um, Dana Perino mentioned on Fox. That's why I went and looked it up. Where they're going to take their state income tax from 12% to 16% and make it retroactive. They're going to go backwards with it and make everybody pay it all the way from the beginning of the year. State income tax is going up. Can you believe that? But they got to pay for stuff somehow. So it's state income tax. It's property tax. It's um, sales tax. But taxes start to go up. Well, in apartment complexes in like Texas, where there's property taxes, a pretty large number, and those property taxes go up. Why? Why do they go up? Because real estate has just, it's gone up so fast, it's unbelievable. So a property, it's, let me tell you, a property that would have cost 50000 no, I'm going to go back, 30000 a door in uh, 2008 would be worth 100000 a door today. I'm seeing that. Believe me, stuff built in the 70s, selling for 70,000, 80,000, 90, even 100,000 a door. Well, the problem is when the guy bought it who figured he could raise the rents that high and make it worth paying that much for, did not account for the fact that the property taxes were going to go from that $30,000 a door value to the $100,000 a door eventual price, value. I'm sorry, not price, but value. And so they went up every year. But how much did they go up? I know people that their property taxes went up 100%. So they went from 50000 to 100000 and then next year went from 100000 to 200000 I mean, just insane amounts of increases. Not ever anticipated when they went into buying these properties and paying way more for them than what they should have. Right? You realize that I've been on the sidelines for a while. I bought only a few deals here and there where I thought they were good deals. But as you see, these taxes are jumping up and biting these guys on the butt. And it's at the same time, while at the same time, the income is going down. Now you got a real problem. You've got a real problem. But wait, there's more. How could there be more than that? I mean, that's enough to put most average skilled operators 
in a pinch, if not in trouble. Bad operators are already, they're gone. That will take them down. But let's add one more bite out of the apple. Over the last, let's see, what is this, 2020, over the last 10 years, the value of real estate's gone up so much and so fast, and properties being sold at what they call pro forma numbers. In other words, what we think we can do with it by next year. So you're really overpaying. You're buying future incomes that aren't there now. Because of all this, the deals didn't make sense to the bank. So if you had a fully amortized loan, you couldn't cash flow at a number that the banks were going to be willing to lend. So what the banks came up with to be able to keep lending was a thing called interest-only loans. Nothing wrong with interest-only loans. I like interest-only loans. The problem is when the interest-only part is over and it flips back to fully amortized loan, you're in trouble. Now, many people, would go four, five, six years on an interest-only loan and then refinance it. But try refinancing right now in the middle of COVID. <laughs> and now you got a you got a challenge there. Not that it can't be done, but you got a challenge. And so now all of a sudden your mortgage payment goes up ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars a month. On top of your property taxes going up ten, twenty, thirty thousand a month while your income's going down 10, 20, 30,000 a month. And all of a sudden, you got people losing their businesses. You got people upside down. And why is that a good thing? Because it's not myself and the people that are with me. We have cash in the bank. Our properties are fully funded with more cash in the bank. We have great operators that are keeping our places occupied. Not full, but occupied. And we will weather this storm. And while we weather this storm, we are licking our lips, rubbing our hands in anticipation, almost growling on the sidelines, waiting hungrily to pick up these poorly operated properties, poorly capitalized properties, Properties from people who should never have owned them in the first place because they didn't know what they were doing. Never bothered to get the information, the education necessary to do this the correct way. They just went out and did it. Or they were just overly aggressive. Either way, we're looking forward to meeting them. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Now that um, we've finally gotten to the point where I thought eight months ago we would have gotten to much sooner, but I guess it took a lot more digging to get the hole deep enough where people are starting to fall apart. I saw a deal the other day was basically a brand new deal that was falling apart. It was in terrible, terrible condition. Um, and I mean, this was a class A, relatively new class A, new build that they built it, they over leveraged it, um, they had an interest only loan, the interest only loan popped off. And now they have negative cash flow. 
And the company owns is trying to sell it. They're trying to get out from underneath of it because they don't want to carry that negative cash flow. Hmm. Interesting. When you look at it and what they're trying to sell it for, they're barely selling it for what they owe on it. Comparatively. Which means they've had to have lost a lot of money. I have to think back on this for just a second here. You're talking about um, probably, they probably lost $10 million on it is what I'd bet. And that's on their asking price. That's not the giving price. That's the asking price. I bet they lost $10 million on it. And so it's in a situation now where the elevators are broke down. Property taxes have gone up on them, I bet, or it's not going to go up this year because it's a new construction, so the taxes are going to catch up to it. Uh, you know, when you first build them, what is it worth? The lot's $100,000, $500,000, a million dollar lot. Now all of a sudden you got a $50 million apartment complex. It doesn't get tax assessed at $50 million the first year. So now it catches back up, so the taxes, taxes are high. Uh, as we walked through and looked at the place, it looked dirty and dingy. In fact, if you look it up on some, on the Internet where you can uh, make statements on it, uh, what are they called, uh, complaints? There's, there's a name for this stuff. See how on Internet I am? Um, where these people complain about their place they live, there's all kinds of complaints. I mean, 15 or 20 complaints on a brand-new apartment complex. So th there's no telling this place is going down. Now, while I was driving around with the broker, the broker told me about another one. It already the same thing had happened in another location. Somebody else had gone down on the same situation. So if it's happening, it's out there, there's people that are going to be all the way gone. There are going to be people that are almost gone. There's going to be people seeing that they don't have the wherewithal to last another six months. And so, again, I blow the horn. It's time to buy. Now, in 2008, everybody used to tell me, Dale, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. Because everybody that knew me in lifestyles owned real estate. They were watching the prices drop. And there's an old saying, how do you catch a knife, a falling knife? You know, if, if a knife is falling, you try to catch it. You may catch the blade. You may catch the handle. You may get your hand cut off. And so they say it's too difficult when the market's falling to have an understanding where it might end up. It's much easier to wait till it hits the bottom, wait till it comes back up, but never make it on the way back up. Because, well, I shouldn't say that. We made it on the way back up. That's, you just don't make as much as you make on the way down. So the last time I was watching these deals go, I was buying Class C properties at the time, and I bought a, oh, let's get down to numbers here. I bought like a $35,000 door property for $25,000 a door. And then a month or two later, I bought a $35,000 a door property for like 19000 a door. And then a couple months later, I bought one for 14000 a door. And then a couple months later, I bought one for 8000 And it's all the same vintage stuff. It was all 80s, mid-80s stuff. Same vintage, same age, same value before 2008 collapse. It's all probably worth between, I guess, thirty and 50000 a door. And I think I was all in for like 15000 a door, about half the value of that average door price. And I made a killing. In fact, I made so much money over the next three years that I tripled my net worth. And I, I've, I've seen this on different radio shows. I bring up the point, hey, what about this period? I mean, I tripled my net worth. It put me in a position where I never had to worry about money ever again. I could literally not make any more money ever again and have way more money than I could ever spend the rest of my life. I don't tell you that to impress you. You know the saying.
I tell you to impress upon you that making the right decision in the right time and being in the market at the right time and doing the right things in the market at the right time is how people get wealthy. Not just well and do, not just able to retire, not just have an okay amount of investments. It's how they get wealthy. And to be able to make the right decisions to do these things the right way can mean massive wealth over the next five years. I mean, it may take a year. It may take two years to come out of this trough that's being dug by COVID. Think back to 2008, 2009, 2010. Some people thought it would never, ever recover. But that whole time when I was, stuff was going down, 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 starting in 2008, I bought all the way down, all the way down to the bottom of the barrel. And I owned at the bottom. Then when it came back up, I made a mistake. I didn't buy on the way back up. I said, I bought so low, why should I go pay on the way up? And so I didn't. Mistake at that point. I knew it was a mistake. I told my friends it was a mistake. I guess it was that I just made so much money, I didn't really care. I wasn't willing to do anything more. I was tired of doing it. But now, friends, I'm telling you, we're back to that situation. Real estate values are on the way down, not up. Don't let any broker tell you real estate values are going up. They are not. They are going down. And as you go out there and you negotiate these deals, you find the right person, find the right deal, and you're going to get a good deal. Okay? And interest rates are extremely low. So people who can't afford to pay a mortgage on a giant nut, it's paying 4.5%, 5 say 4 and a half is about what I see out there. It old loans. You can get in and get yourself a loan 2.75 2. to 3.25 right now, meaning you're going to have an, a whole point of interest lower than what they're sitting there with, making the survival of that deal make a lot more sense for you than for them. So, my friends, I end the show by saying, hello, COVID, and God bless you, Ira Gross. Remember, folks. We don't do this for money. We're doing this for an incredible lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past your podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.